0: Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and & Bank and & Trust. And welcome back to the Star Tribune's Talk & Preps Podcast. I'm David Levake. Jim Paulson, how you been? I'm, I'm doing well.
1: I'm, you know, dreading the weekend. Deep freeze that's coming. But
0: other than that, I'm doing well. Yeah, winter's here. There's no doubt about it. But so, you know, there's some good news on the winter front. We'll start with the winter state tournaments. Uh, We've known if you follow the Star Tribune's coverage, you've been aware for a few weeks that the high school league has been, was planning to to, uh, offer the dates for state tournaments that they confirmed at Thursday's board of directors meeting. Uh, And that takes us anywhere from, I think the middle-ish part of March for Alpine and Nordic skiing, all the way through to the middle portion of April or first full week of April for the conclusion of of boys and girls basketball. And uh, again, those dates were, have been around for a few weeks. Uh, The approval of them is just one more step in the commitment. The league has shown to keep the hope alive for the state tournaments. Uh, It's reflective of a lot of work that the league did to make it happen. Uh, Now we just have to hope, you know, hope that the wheels don't come off and that, you know, we have, uh, ,COVID numbers that spike and and that we have to shut things down or pause things. But it was a it was I think a nice uh, another official step to take uh, yesterday to say, you know what? as far as stuff we can control, we consider this game on, and uh, here we go.
1: You know the thing that I thought stood out to me was that while they had the formats are changing a little bit, particularly in sports with uh, individual elements, um, as they as they should if they have to they didn't change all that much to be unrecognizable and they tried to make sure that every sport got its proper due and that the things that we are used to, there's still going to be an element. I mean, I look at wrestling, for example, where you're not going to have it all at the Excel uh, energy center. Again, they're probably going to have each individual class at a separate high school. Um, and then the individuals will be um, just eight per you know, weight class rather than 16 as had been in the past so there's a little uh, a few uh, uh, a few fewer wrestlers will actually qualify but it didn't change the tournament drastically and it still can be a satisfying tournament um not many state champion wrestlers come out of a section as a second place or a runner-up it happens but not often so it's they're still going to keep the integrity of the tournaments in in many ways and i think that's one of the most important things that came out of this. And it wasn't, they didn't adapt these and make them unrecognizable.
0: That's a good point. Wrestling, as you mentioned, won't be at the and Energy Center. Gymnastics has moved from, has, now has it been Roy Wilkins at U of M, which, which was the latest location? It's
1: been U of M up until last year. Okay. Get back to Roy Wilkins because there's a conflict with the U wrestling team.
0: Got it. Okay, but oh, this year it's going to where? where? Where's it going? Champlin Park. Champlin Park. Champlain Park. Yep. So that that'll be a change there. Uh, dance team is is normally I think at Target Center. They will be at Edina High School. Um, so you have those venues, but then and then basketball is the other one that stands out because the quarterfinal rounds for boys and girls will be played at uh, regional sites around the state. Those could be high schools. They could be possibly small colleges. Uh, so those, those are the biggest changes from a venue standpoint. Otherwise, the Excel Energy Center for Hockey, the Target Center for Semifinals and Finals Basketball, the Aquatic Center for Swimming and Diving at the University of Minnesota, those are still in play. Uh, so I, and I think you make a very good uh, some, some, made, you know, some point that summarizes it. The integrity of these tournaments has remained intact, and that's a good thing. You know, that doesn't mean
1: that you're going to be able to go see them. Because I think that at this at last glance, unless something changes, the uh, admission of fans is going to be limited, um, 150 indoors, which you know is is a drop in the bucket in cavernous places like Target Center and the X. Um, but they'll all be televised. So be able to see the games, and and that's a good thing as well. So uh, unless something changes, it, it'll be tournaments like we've been watching all sports with no fans. But I think for most kids, I think they can accept that if they have a chance to play. Anything's better than just canceling the tournament like they did last year, You know, right on the precipice in the girls' basketball tournament, right on the precipice of actually determining a ch- champion and then just pulling the rug out from under them. So uh, I think everybody's pretty satisfied and pretty glad that we're going to have these opportunities. And I think you brought up a really good point. That is, as long as teams and athletes and families and everybody else stays diligent and doesn't relax and contribute to a a possible spreading event um, because that's the one thing that could derail all
0: this is if COVID numbers begin to rise again and they have to uh, change gears. That's right. You mentioned televising on Channel 45. So the numbers are going to be 20 hockey games and I don't know how that's broken down exactly. Um, I I would guess certainly that finals and semifinals are, are going to be televised. How they handle the quarterfinals is will, will remains to be seen. Historically, the girls' quarterfinals have not been televised. We'll see if that's different. Uh, the girls' quarterfinals will be played um, on, on a two day, over a two-day period the week before the semifinals and, and finals for girls. The boys will be all one week. Um, and there will be 24 basketball games that will be televised on Channel 45. Again, I, I'll, I'll, I'll assume that the two days of championships – and then the semifinals, and then we'll see what happens after that. Um, but it's uh, but it, but there will be live streams for the rest. Our, our friends at Prep Spotlight TV—they they've already been you know doing really uh, a great job of of getting out there and bringing these events to people. That will continue. So even if you're not on that 150 list, uh, there's going to be good ways to to get good coverage of of your of you know your son, your daughter, whatever the case may be, at these tournaments. You know, I'm wondering. um,
1: Do you speculate? Are they speculating that the uh, television audiences are going to be larger? But uh, one of the things I've always I've always uh, had a lament about is in the basketball tournaments. uh, Generally, it's been the girls' basketball first round has had to go up against the first round of March Madness um, on TV, and it's an unfortunate juxtaposition because girls' basketball deserve a spotlight day of their own. But when you've got March Madness in the first day of the NCAA, first couple of days of the NCAA tournament on on joining channels on TV, it, it's kind of it's kind of an unfair comparison. This year the tournaments will be played a little bit later, so they may not have to face that. And the fact that there will be fewer, far fewer people in the stands, I would think, I'd hope that that would mean greater television ratings and exposure um, on television for these tournaments. Uh, which you know, I'm, I'm I i do not know for sure because I don't know how those facts and figures are projected and how they look at things i would think that channel 45 people are going to be excited to have greater audiences at least that's my speculation
0: yeah that'd be nice i mean i think you've, you've got people that are hungry for for these events and they're hungry for hey that's that feels normal and let's watch that because you know that the high school kids are going to be performing their hearts out that's what they do that's why we are so drawn to these tournaments they're skilled it's sure but they play their hearts out for their teammates their communities their schools uh, it's, you know, it's good. It's good watching. So hopefully that, that'll play itself out. Um, you know, they, the, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's really all there is to say about that. So we'll, we'll have to figure out uh, how we can clone ourselves to be everywhere we need to be, but uh, we'll, we'll make it work.
1: Have you been gauging response from anybody? I mean, when you heard the high school league make these announcements, did, did we detect a giant, were <laughs> people saying that we got a chance to have our state tournaments back because, let's face it, back in uh, um, August and September, uh, I I was under the belief that the way the high school league was, was operating and the way things were going, that we weren't going to have winter sports, winter state tournaments. Uh, yeah. Now you we know, have a big sigh of relief from the state of Minnesota, particularly in the two winter tournaments that are the cornerstones of uh, Minnesota high school sports, the hockey tournament, of course, and the basketball tournament. So I, I think, I think it's, it's a sigh of relief that the high school league um, dedicated itself to uh, making sure that we still do have a state tournament. We still do have more than simply culmination events because it, it lends um, integrity and, and importance to the season. And without it, just culmination events, the season seems kind of insignificant. So I think that's important to have these season ending state tournaments.
0: Well, I was calling around to coaches for reaction. And one of them was Tracy Casano, Minnetonka girls hockey. And she said, this, this just means our season matters. And I thought that was a very succinct way to summarize what this means. And Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm also looking forward to hearing more about uh, one of your stories that was uh, r- written in, in Wednesday's paper, um, from the world of Roseville basketball. And it's just a, a wonderful story. Uh, certainly it's the basketball is, is part of it, but a, a great family journey. And uh, I'd, I'd love to have you shed light on it.
1: Yeah, I wrote about uh, um, Tamina Ugas, who's 6'3". I, she, she, she's listed six 6'3". I think she might be six 6'4", uh, post player for Roseville, who uh, got a college scholarship, signed it in November to LSU. Um, and she had a, a journey. Her mother was a first-generation Somali immigrant. Um, her mother got married young and divorced young with two kids and tried was, was raising two children on her own and determined to do it without the help of public assistance. And that, that was important to her to, to make sure that the kids know you had to, to work for what you get. But mom had to work so often that the kids were often left alone. And she had went from apartment to apartment to apartment. They moved plenty of times. You guys uh, found refuge in basketball, Going out and playing in the basketball court behind one of their apartments, going out and playing with the dudes. She said, <laughs> "That was pretty hilarious because she's a pretty retiring, very humble, very sensible uh, young lady. Um, and she found, she uh, uh, has a lot of people have kind of helped her along the way. Um, one of the people that helped her grant McGinnis was a uh, Mr. girls basketball in the state introduced her to the Prilu family who Help coach inner city girls basketball for 20 years and Lori and Steve Pryloo and their daughter D um, kind of became a second family to, to me. And they helped her with everything that she wasn't getting help with because her mother was so busy with her grades, with her basketball skills, with her development, with her discipline, everything. And she became, they became their, her second family. Um, and she improved her grades. You know, improved her basketball skills, uh, learned more about the game. And she said when she was younger, she wanted her to uh, play in the NBA. And had to say, well, that may not happen, but there are other options. And uh, you know, just getting the, uh, the, uh, the college scholarship as kind of the, the, the reward for having to persevere through yeah. hardships and tough times. Times, And Damien said uh, her mother would go without food just to make sure the kids had food on their table. Mother would hardly sleep because she was going between two and three jobs, and working hard on the basketball court. So it was uh, it was uh, kind of a interesting story about people that have have never lost sight of what is truly important, and uh, eventually yeah. that goal.
0: Yeah, two two things that came to mind it, on a personal level. It, it you know was was touching to me because my parents are divorced. I spent most of the time after the divorce living with my mother and. And she worked two jobs, and and yeah, we were alone sometimes, and and you know, latchkey kids, whatever. But and and you know, that 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 has the takes it can take a little bit of a toll, but it also modeled for me work ethic and just what it takes. And and uh, you know, so I got to give her a lot of credit. And I think this story is also a nice up yours to all of the people that want to just say, oh, okay, you know, immigrant, you know, financial assistance. They always think the two go hand in hand, and and for this woman to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going a different route here. I, I just think it's a nice, like I said, it's nice up yours that people just want to be dismissive and think that they can paint with a broad brush what every situation looks like. I just, I just really commend mom for, for her work ethic and everything she did to, to support her children and, and make, her go, make her way in the world. I just, I just think that was a, a powerful, powerful example she set.
1: I agree with you. And uh, they was, talked about um, the fact that they're Muslim. And uh, to me, I said that, that her faith is important to her, but she's not outwardly demonstrative of it. I mean, she dresses in a, a style of Western culture that she doesn't wear the, uh, the complete covering with the uh, headgear, the, uh, the hijab. And her mom was fine with it. And her mom said that uh, uh, her philosophy, which also is part of being respectful and of, of everyone's point of view, and she taught her that, was that uh, said, teach uh, their God says, "Teach them about me, and then let them come to me." And she said that when she was younger, she jobs the headgear because she was afraid of her parents, not because of God. And she recognized that. And she she told Tamia that she doesn't have to wear that. She's ready to do that and do it for the right reasons. A little insight into a religion that we make an awful lot of assumptions about assumptions about and shows that there's there's a humanity and an acceptance in all religions that it's a good idea to try to uh, try to respect so uh in many regards it opened my eyes to some things that i had never really thought about
0: yeah, yeah it's just it was wonderful it, it just touches so many good notes and i was just very happy to to read that story and to share it, and, and hopefully, other people saw it and appreciated it on the same levels that, that we did. I just, you know, hats off to you for that. That was great work. Kind works, um, David. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, store them away because there aren't many of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least not directed outwardly towards me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one more uh, thing happened last week. We I I have news in basketball to get to, too. Take it away. Ken Novak um,
1: became the third boys basketball coach in state history to reach 900 career victories, and I think he did it in fewer seasons than the two who were ahead of him, Bob Brink of Ricori and the all-time leader, Bob McDonald, of um, of uh, Chisholm. Chisholm. So, uh, and so 900 career victories—that's not a—that's that's not a number to sneeze at. I mean, that's pretty amazing. You know when, 30, 30 games a season, that's still 30 seasons of basketball. And that's that's pretty that's a pretty amazing and that's nobody won 30 games, you know, when they started coaching. So that, that's that's pretty incredible that you can get to those numbers. So I think uh, Novak came in the season with eight ninety-five, and I think he's at 900 to 901 right now. Um so congratulations uh, to Ken Novak for uh, reaching that. Up.
0: You said something there that made me think. You said a number is nothing to sneeze at. I'm wondering when, how that, that cliche, or that turn of phrase came to be. I mean, was there a time in, in our history of humanity where, hey, Jim, I got the new job and you just sneezed? I mean, <laughs> I don't. I, where, where did that term come from, I wonder? Well,
1: first of all, I know that, that our team leader, Paul Clotta, was probably cringing at me using a cliche like that. Sorry about that, Paul. Um, and and you know that's a good question. How did the term <laughs> nothing to sneeze at? Uh, come does that people maybe people just blew their nose at things they found disgusting there was a lot Mm -hmm. of disgusting actions 150 years ago (laughs) people people did things a lot more um, unhygienically i will say and if you've ever been you know with um out on a a farm or with people there's an awful lot of just on the ground that just happens Uh, i knew learned that when i lived on a farm for a brief while when i was in in high school, that uh, and you, you see some pretty nasty things. Very
0: good. Well, that's I'm all looking to we'll talk about uh, that. That's, yes. yeah, we've, we've played that one out as, as far as <laughs> you <laughs> will. But, but yeah, it's it's going to be a good week ahead uh, for games. Uh, it's going to be, you know, something is always popping, newsworthy. Uh, we'll have it all covered for you. Stay with the Star Tribunes, uh, the, the various hub websites, and uh, of course, your favorite, the Talking Preps podcast. We will see you next week. Thanks.